0: to Next Steps, the midweek podcast from Black Hawk Church. Over the course of the 10 weeks that we're in our Rooted series, we're going to be responding to your questions about the message from Sunday or other questions related to the topic that was covered. If you didn't get a chance to check out this past weekend's message from Matt, you can find that on the same podcast channel or watch online at blackhawkchurch.org. My name is Chris. I'm going to be helping to kind of facilitate the conversation today. And with me are pastors, Michael and Tiffany. How are you guys doing today?
1: Hey, good. Doing good, Chris.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, we're going to start with a fun question. Last week, they got a fun question. So I'm going to give you guys a a fun one. You you don't know what's coming. so
2: I have no clue.
0: And it's going to be off the top (laughs) of my head. All right. So similar to theirs, they had to pick a favorite breakfast food. So Mm -hmm. we're going to do favorite desserts. So you get to choose from cake pie, cookies or ice cream go which one which one are you are you eating
1: I think Michael and I have the same answer Yeah probably Totally ice cream Totally ice cream All the way That's kind of I, the way to I go. was just, yeah.
2: I was hoping you were going to say ice cream you said three desserts before and I was getting a little nervous <laughs> because let's be honest this guy doesn't want cake no. I'm not a chocolate <laughs> cake guy I can do I can do white cake with raspberry frosting okay. Yeah mm mm-hmm. Mhm and so on and so forth. Pies. <laughs> pies are good if you have a lot of ice cream on them. And then you eat Great. the ice cream. You might eat a little bit of the crust, a little bit of the fruit, but it's all about the ice cream.
1: Actually, cake is okay if you have enough ice cream as well. I so say, I think yeah, that that's, that's, that's a trend, ah, yeah. right?
0: There's
2: a lot of bad cakes. You can't really do
0: bad ice cream, <laughs> that's though, really right? true. So that's what... I almost didn't even want to put it in there because, of course, people are going to choose ice cream.
2: I know. Can I, can I um, actually make a confession really quick? I know we just started this podcast it. and this is a really big, deep dive, but... And it's not really desserts, but I don't like donuts. What? I don't like donuts.
1: Like, all donuts? I don't. You don't like, like.
2: I'll, I'll eat it, and yes, there's um. sugar, carbs, fat, like all the good stuff mm-hmm. in it, and I appreciate it for mm-hmm. that. But I don't buy donuts. I don't. And when, if you bring donuts into the office, I don't. I'm not happy about it. Mm. There you go. So you didn't you eat any judge those me. Mini donuts
1: that are yeah. in the staff yeah, office. I was say,
2: there are are I've eaten quite to there right <laughs> now. But I did notice a, a sign that said "There's ice cream upstairs."
1: Ah, yes. There you go. <laughs> there's no
0: self control like the self control it takes to walk past your workroom, like kitchen, and the donuts and the leftover <laughs> treats that are in there mm-hmm. and, and resist. So mm-hmm. well. Yeah. We learned something new about you. You would yeah. not go over well in, in my family when I'm, when we ask our two-year-old son, like, what do we do on daddy days since I, I'm with the kids on Friday? They go donuts so,
1: <laughs> so every
0: friday morning you'll find us at dunkin donuts oh, or Greenbush, or we like to hit all the places so that's there you awesome. go we've talked a long time about donuts let's talk it's important though about the church and mm-hmm. and things like that so first question let's just dive right in um is from lydia thanks lydia for sending in this question um, she asks, in Matthew 16, 18, they use Hades instead of hell. This is one of the passages that Matt talked about on Sunday. So is there a reason for that? Why Hades instead of hell? Anybody want to take a stab at that one?
2: Yeah, Lydia, terrific question. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of people uh, had that same question. Uh, when Matt talked about it um, yesterday, I remembered me thinking, oh, why, why is Hades there again? And so I actually <laughs> did a little studying. So uh, I'd love to read the verse in context. And then I'm sure you have, uh, have some thoughts, Tiffany, but I guess I'll start. So Matthew uh, 16, let's just go from verse 17, then verse 18. Um, Jesus is talking with Simon Peter. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So I think typically when I uh, hear this verse, my mind goes, okay, why doesn't it say hell? Why does it say Hades? And um, so just looking uh, more on what the Greek word Hades means. So the Greek word Hades... um, is equivalent to the Hebrew word Sheol. And um, the Greek word for hell is not Hades, it's um, Gehenna. So there's two different words being used here. So we're going to talk about the Hebrew word. It's Hebrew, we're often more familiar familiar with Sheol. It's in a lot of Psalms and stuff. And Sheol is uh, basically the place of the dead. That's what it means. It's the place uh, where um, departed souls and spirits are. So that's this idea that when you die, um, you go to Sheol, if you're kind of talking in Hebrew or um, Hades in the New Testament. And out of Sheol, it's like, what does the Sheol mean? I'm going to heaven then or, or hell. It's kind of this intermediate um, place where we don't know if you exactly end up in heaven. There's a lot of theologians say a lot of different things. But the basic idea is that death will not um, overcome the church that, that Jesus is going to build So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: And honestly, I find this verse incredibly um, encouraging to think that, like Jesus, the initiator of the church, uh, yeah, him just saying, Listen, nothing is going to overcome the mission that I have for the church. And, um, you know, I think about even some of the darkest times in history the church has flourished and, um, I just think, wow, what an incredible design (laughs) um, that God has for us. And, um, especially in times when you feel like, man, you look around and you're like, what is happening? Um, I think I just kind of, we can rely on, um, Jesus mission will not be thwarted. And that's exciting because I don't know about you, but there are (laughs) times I get sidelined. I get distracted. Um, right. We're, We're messy. We're messy people. And, um, yeah, but it's not all of us. So,
2: and even with that, I think it's interesting that there are different outside forces from the church that I think this verse um, can can really help. That nothing outside can stop the church from flourishing. Um, but I also it makes me just think. Jesus meant everything. Mm-hmm. Nothing inside. I mean, there's so many different, um, unfortunately, just different abuses and different things that we've seen hypocrisy. Um, because the church, like Matt said, we're filled with imperfect, sinful people, and the reality is, is Jesus is so invested in the church that he hasn't left it, and he's mm-hmm. going to help refine it and and make it be the vehicle the number one vehicle that he chose for his kingdom to um, come about on this mm-hmm. earth. So I think that's cool too. For me working at a church <laughs> is like okay, I'm a sinful messed up person yeah. and I, I just think there's hope for all of us people who are not perfect who work at a church or attend a church that Jesus will will keep it going mm-hmm. that nothing um, can can really overcome it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. All right. That was impressive, you guys. You took like a question about the Greek word Hades and you turned it <laughs> into like a a, a message uh, you're preaching. I love it. All well, right. Well, we let's... started
2: with ice cream, so we're just ready right that's, now.
0: That's true. It's all downhill or uphill from there. I don't know which <laughs> you yeah, All yeah, right. Let's true. let's keep it going. So, practically speaking, um, here's the next question. We we're in this rooted series, we're rooted in Christ, we're rooted in the Holy Spirit, we're rooted in God the Father. So, what does it look like to be rooted in the church? Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I love this question because I really think it looks different depending on um our age, our stage of life, other commitments that we have, giftings, like the call that God's placed. On us at different times in different places, and um, as I, you know, as I think about. My experience, you know, um, I became a Christian in middle school, high school. And so what it looked like to be rooted in the church then, right? was like, I'm going to be in this building all the time. I'm going to be with these people. They are forming who I am. Mm. Um, I'm learning what it looks like to have this like alternative family. Uh, These these men and women who are stepping in and leading um, youth group. And then, you know, college, I think that looked different too, right? I'm I'm mostly involved in this campus ministry, but, but local church is still really important, but, but that's not, I'm not at the church building all the time. I'm actually in my dorm and, you know, um, and doing stuff there. And then, um, but also I, there's this great story. So before we actually moved to Madison, we lived in the Philadelphia area. And so and um, when we chose a church, we just chose one right down the street because we wanted to be close. And so uh, we had my husband and I, we had uh, three kids, four and under, and I think I was pregnant with with our fourth. And I just remember life being so crazy. And we are, you know, a part of this local community, pretty small. Uh, and these people were, you know, there is actually a lot of things that weren't awesome about that church. There is actually some stuff going on that we didn't know at the time mm. that had come out later and we're like, oh, huh, that was going on. That's too bad. Um, but we were loved so well. So being rooted in the church mm. meant like getting with some other couples with this elder who was leading a, a small group. and. And they were holding our babies and they were giving us parenting advice and they were, you know, watching our kids in the pool while we were just like taking a breath. And so I think that, um, yeah, different ages and stages of faith have looked and life have just looked different and what it means to be rooted. But I think it all comes back to, um, really being in community Mm -hmm. and not just showing up on Sunday, but like being in each other's lives and holding each other's babies and, and picking people up, you know, from the air, just the airport, you know, just these ways of serving one another, um, yeah. in everyday life.
2: Yeah. That's good. Tiffany. Man, my mind goes, honestly, in a ton of different directions when I hear this question about what does it look like to be rooted in the church. And the first one is kind of a depravity factor, but I, I guess I'll just kind of speak through what I'm thinking. Um, I So many people that, that I've talked to have been uh, involved in really healthy churches that they've been rooted in, but there are some people that have rooted themselves for different reasons and churches that have not been healthy for mm-hmm. them. And, and what does it look like to have a conversation with someone who's experienced that to then say, okay, but root yourself in a church. Yeah. And that's just a tricky thing to navigate, mm-hmm. especially when there's harm, there could I mean, could I mean it's a big word, but could be spiritual mm-hmm. abuse um that has happened at a church. And and so if that hap if that does happen, and maybe if someone's listening to that right now and they that's happened to them or they haven't stepped foot into a church because of that, like, man, it's so important to identify that, address that and seek healing from that. But um on the other side of that, I think are really healthy things um that you were talking about, that at different stages we can navigate. Um and I think for for me, when I think of church, I think of family. And I don't mean that to be just like, oh, you know, because Jesus says we're brothers and sisters. We're together. We're just this family. I mean, that is true. But for me, I didn't grow up um, with the healthiest family dynamics. Love wasn't something that was easy to find in my house. And then uh, I was invited to a church and I went there and I just was overwhelmed by love. Not only just knowing that uh, and believing that there's a God that loves me, but but I could just feel it from people, from parents who loved, and I just felt like, wow, a parent can love like this, mm-hmm. and I'm just like your your kid's friend. <laughs> and so for me, I intentionally rooted myself in church because there was something out there that this world wasn't offering me, mm-hmm. um, something that I felt was like I couldn't find in this world. And from that, um, from the different stages of my life, when I've moved to different areas, moved to college after college so on and so forth kind of to go with the first depravity factor that i talked about knowing that there are churches out there that um that perhaps might not be the healthiest to root yourself in and i'm not making any accusations for any churches but i think it's important to to really investigate to really find out about a place and just to really say is this a place where i want to root my heart in and root my life in Mm. and then And no place is perfect, but then to make the decision like, yeah, I'm going to dig down deep. I I think that Jesus was right when he called uh, us brothers and sisters and that we can be family. And so that's kind of what church is to me. It's a place where I get theologically filled and and, um, practice sacraments, you know, baptism, communion, but where I find really a sense of deep community and family.
0: Yeah, I'm going to ask a little bit of a follow-up question, um, not not to push back, but I think there, a lot of people might be thinking like, okay, if the church isn't uh, a building, but it's a people gathered together, and maybe they have been burned in the past by, by a church or a community of believers in an organized church, um, couldn't I just gather with like a few friends who love Jesus, we'll talk about him, maybe we'll study the Bible and call that church, do I really need to be involved in an organized congregation, what would you guys say to that?
1: I think that's a good question. It's a really good question. And looking at it um outside of the American church experience, I think allows for maybe some wider conversations mm-hmm. than maybe, you know, if we think about the American church in general. I mean, I had spent some time in China and just thinking about the church in China where it's often these small house churches um that are very small and maybe art 10 or 12 people and that is church it's a it's a gathering of people coming together worshiping god um rooting each you know one another to themselves and um but i think in in this context i think if somebody said that i think the first thing i would ask them is hey tell me more about Mm. why like what's happened because i imagine that there's some Things to listen to, and there's some real reasons and real hurt. And I think it is good to work through those um, and to to listen to those and to and be able to identify what happened and what, um, yeah, what God might have for you in the future. But, but right now, yeah, tell me about why, yeah. why it's not what you want right now. And I, because I, it is, it is a very, yeah, we've had a yeah. lot of churches and aren't perfect, and we're not, none of us are perfect, and it's a lot of hurt
2: yeah i tiffany i like that i like that where um to ask a question to say why because i think that it's important to see the context that everyone's currently in because again talking about hurt someone could be coming from a hurt situation where they actually shouldn't maybe be going to church right now or they need to find one that um is really uh, you know really going to help them heal um Or, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't go to church, but there are different seasons where people just maybe need to go and sit in the back row or maybe online is a good season for them right now. I think that, that, that context is really, really important because it's easy for us to make a blanket statement and to say, no, people need to go to church, Mm -hmm. but okay, well, what is ultimately going to bring people to, to health and healing in Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when I think of the question, it's a good question, Chris, about, um, Can't I just meet with a couple people? I think the first thing that my mind goes to, uh, I think the beauty of an established, organized, church that perhaps has a building. Um, Again, it can look different, but there's a set of like theological statements and and polity and a governing body of elders. There's a lot of structure written into saying, this is what we believe scripturally. Um, This is the theology um, that when we look at the Bible that we're going to hold to. Um, There's different structures in place that you, I feel like you can trust what you're going to, you can kind of trust the, um, the organization, you can trust, um, the body. And I, you know, I really personally love being a part of a church that does have a body of elders that keeps the senior pastor and staff in check. And that, that body of elders is from the congregation and this Blackhawk, this, that's one of those churches. So I think that there's, there's health to different, um, checks and balances and um, theological statements of faith from the bible that you can find in an organized church so and also i love that um i've had different contexts where i've met with a couple people and it's been really helpful but i love being a part of different organized churches that are all about the city like Mm -hmm. at like just to use blackhawk as an example because this is a blackhawk podcast like our impact ministry does amazing things to impact not only Madison but the world, and just to be a part of that, I think is is just something that Jesus encourages us to be a part of.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I also would say, like, well, who are those people that you're wanting to gather with? You know, yeah. are they like you? Are they like the same age? They like the same things? They see God the same way? Because yep. I don't know about you, Michael, but I feel like for me, being able to be in circles with people who are younger than me and older than me and don't see the world at all the same as I do. There's something incredible about the way that God teaches me about Him and also about what it looks like to love people well. You know, I think about, there's some people that I kind of do. I would love to just, hey, you and us five, we're, you know, going to be a church together and um, and that's going to be fun. And it's going to, we're not going to have, probably have a ton of conflict, but um, man, you really, I really grow yeah. when I'm encountering different ideas about who God is. And so I think there's something really valuable about that. That's
0: good. Yeah. yeah, what I hear you guys saying is not that, not that smaller churches or getting together with a smaller group of people is bad. Certainly there are seasons for that. I mean, uh, if you're, if Blackhawk is all you've ever known, um, you might not know that the majority of churches in in the United (laughs) States are less than 100 people, right? Mm -hmm. There's tons of house churches and church plants start and usually someone's living room, uh, Blackhawk Church started in George and Maxine uh, Brader's living room, right? And then then grew to be Mm -hmm. this. So nothing against smaller churches in some ways they can do really incredible Mm -hmm. things in people's neighborhoods and in the community and that kind of thing. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff about that too, but yeah, are, are you growing? Is your church or is your community, um, serving and and loving the city and and all that kind of stuff that, Mm -hmm. that a church should be, should be doing. So that's super helpful. You guys. Mm -hmm. All right. Final question for today is this, it's, I've been a part of Blackhawk for a few years. And while I really love the teaching and the mission, I'm having a hard time getting to know people and really feeling connected. So Blackhawk is a big church. And sometimes I feel like I get lost in the crowd. I've tried a few different things, but I'm still struggling. Any advice? It's
1: actually a question I hear a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe even a question I've experienced, right? We, um, we moved here in 2013 and it definitely took some time um, for us to um, find some people that we wanted to do life with. They wanted to do life with us, you know, and it's easy to try to join a couple of groups. Um, sometimes you really connect and sometimes you just don't. And so I know for all of us on staff, um, that's something that we're thinking about all the time is how do we create some more spaces, different spaces for people to find their people, to connect, um and so if this is you i just want to say hey i get that and i wish that we could have a more nuanced conversation about about that but um i don't know i I would say first i would really encourage this person to spend some time praying and i know that sounds so like oh that's the easy answer but praying for god to open your eyes to who he's already placed in your life um I remember there was a time that I was my husband and I were feeling kind of like lone. Like we had a lot of friends, but we didn't have like our people. Mm-hmm. And I remember just us praying together of like, Lord, like we just need some people who know us and who love us. And um, and God, really, there was a couple that we kind of knew. We sometimes hung out with, but it was like something about the Lord saying, actually, this couple, I'd really encourage you to get to know, like, to get to know them. And they became some of our best, most closest mm-hmm. friends. Um, and so I, it's it's just amazing that God does have people in our lives, and I think it's it's difficult to, with the busyness of life, to sometimes be really intentional about creating those relationships that are going to help you to go deeper. Um, and so, yeah, I would say first start out praying, asking God to show you who's already in your life and and who you might want to move towards.
2: Yeah, and that's good, and it's a good question, really. And when I think about this question, I think that it's something that you can ask, not just about a church context, but Mm -hmm. an everyday stage of life uh, context. Like I think about school. I mean, I have this same question when I go to school. How am I going to find my friends? Where do I go if I go to a larger school or a smaller school? I've been to both. Um, So I think regardless of size uh, of congregation, Um, I think that there is just a sense of Mm courageousness, that's a word, courageousness. Yep. There you go. (laughs) courageous niche, um, uh, courageousness that you need to be able to find your people because it's a very vulnerable thing to really try to, I mean, ask someone if you want to be their friend. It's like, Hey, do you want to be my friend? Yeah. We've all had people say no in different yeah. ways. Yeah. And, and right. it's hard to find your fit mm-hmm. and to find your people. And it can be overwhelming when you're in a larger context and something that I do, uh, like about, Blackhawk is that I think and I've only I've been here for almost three years I think it was intentional for us to have different campuses different venues um, to where we could perhaps uh, worship in a smaller setting or worship in a community like uh, our downtown campus that's Uh, on UW Madison. And so perhaps there's going to be people who are more related to the university. It's a multi-generational, multi-ethnic community, but still there's a a pretty great downtown university emphasis. So um, if I want, if I wanted a community like that, I could go to that or Mm -hmm. gospel fusion or Blackhawk Chinese American ministry, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But even with all of that, I think that it takes a step um just to be courageous and to say hey like want to hang out yeah. you want to talk to me Maybe it's <laughs> so hard true. you know yeah so uh
1: during the pandemic i you know i mean i think like a lot of us we are feeling a little lonely like oh lonely like who i just have my people who are living with me in my home and there's nobody else i'm having a hard time connecting and so i um had seen and kind of knew of and and kind of knew a couple of women And I just kept on feeling like I actually kind of want to be their friends. Like, I, the more I get to know them, the more I like them. But how weird is it to be, as a almost 40 year old woman, like you said, do do you want to be friends? You know? So (laughs) I ended up like in desperation one day. But if you
2: say no, I will cry. (laughs) I
1: will cry and call my mom. Um, But so it just, like, a moment of desperation. I texted both of them and I was like, hey, this is going to be so weird. But how would you like to, like, meet, like, I don't know, once a week for, like, you know, a while just to, like, hang out and talk. And and thankfully, like, within, like, five seconds, like, oh, my gosh, me too. Yeah, let's do that. But literally, I never had a conversation with one of them, like, not a real one-on-one conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was awkward at first, right? It was like, okay, here we are. Let's talk about who we are. So my name is Tiffany and I grew up, right? It's like, you feel so silly, but, but honestly, like, I feel I'm pretty convinced that all relationships are start out awkward and it just takes a lot of energy. Like you said, courage to jump Mm -hmm. over those awkward, awkward moments and those awkward days in order to build this like loving, trusting relationship where you show up and, and you really feel known and you really feel loved. And I think that's what we're looking for, right? When we're the person asking this question, we're around people, we're in groups, with, they're, they're yeah. in groups with people, but it's like, does somebody know me and love me? And it takes a lot to get to that point in a relationship, but it's, it's always worth it.
2: Yeah. I rem- Oh, were you are going to say something, Chris. Mm. Okay. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I remember uh, the first sermon that I gave here at Black Hawk on loneliness. I talked about a story and it's true when I first moved here and I was looking for a friend. I just mm. needed a friend and I saw this guy. I'm like, okay, I think you could be my friend. I think he said a joke. And I'm like, I say jokes. <laughs> so I think we're, we're going to be best friends. Yeah. And so I said, Hey, do you want to hang out? He's like, well, I'm pretty busy, but I have Monday night mm-hmm. basketball free. I hate hate basketball. More it's along the lines with donuts. I mean no, no I hate, wow. I don't like donuts. I hate basketball. I love watching basketball, but um Seattle SuperSonics, there you oh, go, there from you. Seattle mm-hmm. But anyways, I showed up and played basketball and it was awful. I showed up week after week Aww. to be this guy's friend, and here's the thing. This is what I learned when you play basketball. In order to find a team, you have to go to the free throw line. And if you make a basket, you stand on side A. The next person to make the following basket stands on side B. You have two teams that you're making. Mm. And then after everyone's done, uh, A, B, A, B, uh, you are on a team. Every single time I would be just the last person trying to make a basket. Oh My <laughs> My prayer life went up. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> you better help me make this bad. And finally someone would be like, just get on my side. <laughs> but, uh, but I actually started, he's still now one of my Aww, closest friends.
1: Cool. I think as we're talking about the church and maybe to end, I, um, I truly believe that the church because of Jesus and that He established it is the hope of the world, mm. and I think that even on its worst days, even on the days when I'm so discouraged to hear about another leader, just like crashing and burning, and um, mm. man, I just feel like this—it's—it's it's God's design, and 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 it's the church brings a lot of hope, and and I really believe that when we love each other well because of the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that that that's what's going to draw people to God. And that's what's going to show God's goodness, um, to the world. And so I think no matter how hard it gets, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing.
0: Amen. Yeah, that's a good spot to end. Uh, And if you've been listening or you were in service on Sunday and you do want to check out what groups are available, you can head to the website right now check out the groups page. There's a ton of stuff listed there. Um, Or if you're in person, one of the next couple Sundays, we'd be happy to meet with you and to talk through some of that with you too so uh yeah let's call it a, a day go get some ice cream yeah <laughs> um, go, no donuts go, we'll talk about flavors next time it'll be super great so uh, well that's all for this week thanks for tuning into this rooted question and response episode on the podcast so join us for worship online or in person on sunday uh, and then we will see you back here next wednesday to respond to another round of questions have a great week